Welcome to the LaughSpin.com podcast. So, um, what we usually do every week, you could hear us. We're part of the AllThingsComedy.com network. Every week, you could hear us on uh, on the iTunes and Stitcher and and uh, SoundCloud and all that good stuff. We we do an hour of comedy news uh, wrap up, basically, and then sometimes we interview comedians, um, which is pretty much how every podcast is. Comedians, most of them are comedians interviewing comedians. As far as I can tell. Correct. Correct. Um, My name is Mike, by the way. Oh, Mike. Sorry. Hi. Uh, We got got an awesome show today. I'm super psyched to do this. This was amazing. Um, As Dylan said, we are on the All Things Comedy Network. I want to thank the folks at NY PodFest for all of of their help. This was great. And uh, yeah, get us on SoundCloud, iTunes, all that jazz. I don't know. Anything else? No, let's let's start talking to entertaining people. Yes, absolutely. You want to introduce our first guest, please? Yeah, we're going to bring up uh, this first guy. He's an author. He is a, he's a poet. Hopefully, he's going to share some of his poems with us. He's a musician. He has his own weekly show on WFMU now. Uh, the Wall Street Journal just profiled him. Uh, Dave wow. Hill. Dave Hill, everybody. Where is he? There he is. Dave, thank you so much for being here. Where do you, you could sit? Sit next to Mike, maybe. Yeah. Come on up. Hey, Dave. Thanks for being here, Ben. He also has his own brand of hot sauce. Well, what, uh, witch taint hot sauce. Not witch my taint. brand, really. When, what, is, what is witch taint? Witch taint is my fictional Norwegian black metal band from Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> do, you have, uh, do you have a fictional album out or anything? There's only one song recorded. It's three, three minutes and 33 seconds long, but it sounds feels like 10 minutes. Yeah, it's horrible. <laughs> Unlistenable. <laughs> One horrible song. What's it called? Uh, Necro Dream Raper. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's written by a 16-year-old. Well, I, mentally, you know. It's a long story. Um, yeah, the hot sauce is selling. Yeah, I, I had a, I wanted to I wanted to grab a bottle today. I know I forgot. It's all right. I'm sorry. I was gonna have I was gonna get a shot glass and see if anybody in the audience wanted to do a shot of it. Would anybody have done that if if there no no? I think there's at least one or two crazy people here that would have done that. Right? This guy would have done it. This guy knows what I'm talking. How about. spicy is that? Is that hot sauce? It's it's pretty, it's pretty spicy. I think. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I have. Uh, I can I can handle spicy stuff, so I don't not a good. What made you decide hot sauce above anything? Um, <laughs> I don't know why, because I I just I found a website that you can make hot sauce for really cheap. So I thought that sounds stupid. I'll do it. You know, <laughs> it's like three bucks a bottle or something. And you can you design the label, right? I mean, like, I why doesn't everyone have out their own hot sauce? Why not for that? <laughs> It's price to move. I wanted to ask about, um, we were talking a little bit before, you got a brand new radio show mm-hmm. on WFMU. Uh, yeah. Anybody listen to WFMU around here? No? Yes? Yeah. Oh, thanks. Oh, awesome. Cool. <laughs> right. Thank you. Um, Thank, hey, thanks. Thanks, guys. So talk about the show a little bit. Brand new. It's called The Goddamn Dave Hill Show. Um, the best, Tom Sharplin's best show 
on WFMU ended and this slot was open, so they asked me if I wanted to do a show, and I said yes. And uh, so I did the first one last week, and it's um, no one came down to the studio and shot me in the face, so I consider it a success. It sounds like a challenge now. I know. You know, I, I mentioned that my sister was like, all it takes is one person <laughs> to hear that the wrong way. So she's like, don't, don't say stuff like that. So, but no, it went well. Um, John Benjamin came on. Uh, Doug Gillard from Guided Boy, by Voices came on and played some songs. Phil Anselmo from Pantera called sure. in. And Dick Cavett called in. And that, that I had no idea who he was calling. He just totally surprised me. So that was wow. Nice. Do you have a relationship with Dick Cavett? Yeah, we're I think Cavett has a relationship buds. with everybody, I think, right? No. <laughs> Do you remember that episode of Cheers when uh, Dick Cavett comes in and uh, asks Sam to write a book for, for him so he no. can give to his friend? Oh, okay. Well, no, it's just something you might... That. I didn't know that. I mean, it stands to reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's something you might want to bring up yeah. next time Dick Cavett calls in. I mean, yeah. Hopefully, Hopefully he'll call every week, I hope. That's basically the show. That's the format of the show. <laughs> He'll be a, a regular caller. Like the, he's the only ca caller. No. <laughs> if I had it my way. <laughs> what do you want the show to become? I know it's the first show. It's it's kind of a new thing for you. Um, first time being on radio, right, you said? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, you as kind of a host. Show to, yeah. um, I mean, ho hopefully entertain. You know, it's fun as I get to play music that I like. And uh, so just in that basic... DJ way I play I don't play that much music but like 10 songs whatever and then you know a mix of comedy and music and uh, people calling in and no one shooting me in the face that's what I hope it no hopefully it will grow into I'm, I'm curious to see what 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 happens with it you know the Got first one seemed like people were really nice seemed to like it and stuff like that so you kind of want to make it organic to see what yeah yeah I don't want to like super plan it out and then right. be sort of stuck with what it is. Or... What do you think of, we were talking about this too, what do you think of the the, the listeners? I know WFMU listeners. No, uh, <laughs> they seem really nice. You know, I was, uh, I was as I mentioned to you before, I was nervous to, you know, when they asked me to take the slot, I was like, oh shit, like, because, it, you know, I'm, I'm a huge Best Show fan and I know so many people are, so I didn't want to be like the guy that replaces everyone's favorite thing because right. you know i'd be like fuck that guy you know so um but everyone you know so far no one's told me to go fuck myself everyone's been really nice awesome. nor have they shot you in the face no no so it's a two things well the, the reason i mentioned that is because there's that movie uh what's it called talk radio eric bogosian like a, a movie yeah. from a right? yes so like, eventually someone comes down to the station and shoots him in the face right <laughs> so they first they send him a rat, which is bad enough. So I could handle that. I feel like I'd I'd bounce back from that fine. Um, but then they come down and they, under the guise of being a fan, they're like, "You're dead, fucker," or whatever, and they shoot him, and he's like, "Oh man." Um, <laughs> so anyway, I don't want that to happen. Right, right. So that's good. So I don't want to put you on the spot, but one of the things I really enjoy about you is your Twitter feed. And on that Twitter feed, sometimes you unleash a barrage of erotic poetry. Yeah. yeah. Do you have Do you have a few, <laughs> a few poems? I just happen to. Um, <laughs> I mean, let's see. Yeah. I mean, I do. Sadly, I do. I mean, I've I've written like uh, almost three hundred. Yeah. 
but and last we talked, you on. you you were, were we're thinking book, right? I would I would like to write a write a book of erotic short stories, but it's so far uh, the publishing world uh, doesn't agree with me. Um, really, uh, Dave? By well, the I mean, way, I, already has a book out. Let me plug that. Tasteful nudes. You can, yeah, that's. You can buy that. But you, um, and I'm writing another one now, but it's not erotic short stories. I think the problem is, is the um, I don't want to say the first book had depth, but it had <laughs> more depth than erotic short stories. So they were like, you can't really like write what you wrote for the first one and then follow it up. I'll just read a sample of uh, one of these. Erotic short story number 63. Every day the farm boy admired the fair maiden across the river. One day he just swam over and boned her. (laughs) It ruled. Thank you. (laughs) So, I mean, I like it, but the the publisher thought it wasn't the right... Follow the right thing to follow right, up with. Right, right. But what I'm thinking maybe is um, maybe one of those tearaway calendars. Yeah, I mean, you know, illustrations. You just throw some illustrations yeah, in there, some, like some dicks and boobs. Yeah, and call it a day. All right, all right. Well, uh, Dave Hill's going to stay here, but we are now going to bring up uh, Colin Quinn, who you might know, Colin. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Colin. How's it going, buddy? Is that really the first question? That's it. It's the first question. <laughs> um, it's going fine. Since I'm in a Chinatown basement, if you really want to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> this place had fucking human trafficking two years ago, and you guys have turned it over into a podcast for hipsters. That's fantastic. <laughs> fucking triad started here in 1905. I'll just keep riffing on the podcast. Yeah, go ahead. Keep doing it. This is where the leader of the Ong Tong stood and said, look, here's the way it's going to be in America. No. Um, I don't know. It's fine. Well, I appreciate you. I know I know you're a busy man. And, <laughs> and uh, you you are a very busy man. I am. Yeah. You got your show, the, the Unconstitutional? Yeah. It's going good. I was in New Orleans and Dallas the past two days. I stayed at the hotel where Lee Harvey Oswald... Apparently, according to the staff of the hotel, who we should know because they're all 23 years old, so they were, you know, sure. none of them were born before, you know. But they all said that Lee Harvey Oswald was interviewed by the FBI in on the eighth floor where I was staying a week before he killed Kennedy. Wow, that's I don't see why that's so funny, Miss. I um, <laughs> I just gave you breakthrough news about the JFK assassination. Well, I didn't know he was interviewed before that. Did you? I did not. I did not. I somehow I feel like I care more than you, though, Dylan. You probably <laughs> Seems do. Like you don't give a shit. I, you know, listen. The past is the past. You know, what, what can we learn from the past? <laughs> Good you point. Know? You know what? I never thought of it that way. When you're right, <laughs> he's got a point. What did, do they say? Did you caveat ha- emptor? No, that's the other one. Um, seize the day. The other one. I meant, sure. You know. Sure. Did you happen to uh, use that tidbit of knowledge in your show that night at? For unconstitutional, or, I didn't. I made a I made a wise crack though, of course, when I was in Dallas. About uh, no, that was in New Orleans. That's oh. the other breakthrough oh, news. I've got two. This? Yeah, thank you. Wow. Uh, that's the other breakthrough. That was in New Orleans. When I went to Dallas, I threw in a couple of remarks. I have this line in my show about you know about you're allowed to boo the king in the United States. You couldn't boo when other kings. I go, of course, you guys took it a little further, trying to make a joke about the Kennedy assassination, how they you know lined the streets. 
You had to be there. It was funny at the time. But the crowd started booing me because apparently it's too soon for them. They don't like that they're only associated with JFK. And, like, you know, they used to have the football team, but that doesn't do that well. So now it's just back to JFK. Is the uh, the nickname the Touche, is that, ta- is that taking a life of its own yet? Yeah, I, you know what? In retrospect, I should have named the show the Touche because I sell well sometimes, but it's very up and down. And I think calling a show unconstitutional, which I did deliberately because – I figured a really boring title like that would make it so that when people saw the show, like they'd be like, the expectations would be so shitty going to see a show called Unconstitutional that when they start to laugh, they were so grateful and they love it. And that has been the case. <laughs> so it's good advice. Anyone doing comedy, give your show a stupid, like a, a very tedious academic name, and then people can only go up from there. I'm not kidding. I swear to God. Thank God I'm not kidding because, you know, didn't get a laugh, but I wasn't kidding. <laughs> That's exactly why I did it. It seems, but the Touche is a better name. Yeah. I, I, lo- I love it. I love the I love the shortening of it, the abbreviation. I, but with this show and with your last one, long story short, you've kind of taken a, uh, a a look at you know history first of the world and now more of the of our constitution. Yeah, the country. Yeah, the con- and that what I guess my question is what is what what your fans your hardcore fans prior to. What do they think of this kind of this this new endeavor for you? These last uh, couple of shows. The last couple of shows. Well, before that, I never really had fan. You know, I've been famous for a long time, but I never really had fans, and and I don't know why that is, but I feel like it's been an end. You know, my fellow comedians are the only ones that were really my fans this entire career, and um, so you know, it was kind of like I don't think people ever knew what to make of me. You know, like yeah. I do shows, and it would be a random kind of like there was never a group of people. Where you go, oh, those must be Colin Quinn fans, you know. It was just, you know, it was just very strange and very arbitrary. And it never really took off the way I had planned it when I was young. Yeah. For Do- those who haven't seen it, long story short, it's on uh, Netflix now. And you should, you should really – I watched it again the other day. One thing I, One thing I was amazed at is the amount of accents you're able to pull off. From different countries and stuff? I'm a master of dialect. It's <laughs> because was- I grew up in Brooklyn where everybody had a different accent, you know. <laughs> We were there for the early days. There was like, that was the early days of Brooklyn being like multi. It was black, white, Puerto Rican, and Chinese. Like when I was young, and if you try to be anything else, people would just put you in one of those four categories. But then, <laughs> by the time I grew up, you could be Dominican or Haitian or things like that. And, yeah, you know. yeah, we're, we're, uh, unbelievable show. Thanks. Unbelievable show. Saw it again. It's on YouTube too for you cheap motherfuckers that don't want to <laughs> illegally uploaded on YouTube. What's that? Illegally? It, probably sure. I didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> but but I watch it on YouTube. <laughs> I don't watch it on Netflix. Not that I watch myself, but you know to show people for context. Yeah. Uh, who here follows Colin on Twitter? <laughs> Woo! Colin, what Colin, what Colin has done with Twitter is, uh, I think, an, an amazing thing. It's best. it's like a it's like a ongoing social uh, social experiment. It's, yeah. I'm, what 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 do you do on Twitter? How would you explain it? I would explain it as, you know, just trying to, uh, you know, well, it first started when I was just like, you know, I was trying to be really clean on Twitter. Like I was saying, keep it PG and guys, no need for cursing. And then people were like, you're a fucking sellout. You're a fucking corporate sellout because you don't want to curse. Which, first of all, it doesn't make sense at all. I don't even understand what that means. But it's not like I was like, you know, keep it clean. GE would agree with me on that. Or, you know, I was just saying keep it PG just to annoy people, you know. But then it took off. And then, of course, I realized my 
the talent I've had, the reason I became a comedian, which I had forgotten, was because I can fucking get under people's skin like that. Yeah, and you pretty much have turned it inside out and exposed Twitter for all its you know <laughs> stupidness, which is I'm great. sure Twitter loves it. Yeah, yeah. it must really. <laughs> <laughs> but I've exposed the fact that all these real, actual non-comedians are fucking hilarious. Some of them, you know. Yeah. I mean, how many people just send in great tweets? Yeah. Like your former intern, the great Jorge Garrido. Yeah, sure. Oh my God, he's <laughs> one gonna, of my Twitter stars. The, the fact that you just mentioned him, he's gonna. He's, oh yeah, he'll, he'll, he'll he's never not recover gonna, from he's, that. That's it. That's it. That's all I'm going to hear <laughs> from Toronto or wherever the hell he lives. I know. I can see you blaming me already. You're like, that's all I'm going to hear. <laughs> and I was going to call you up. Hey, dude, you should hire me. Colin Quinn mentioned me on the podcast. What, um, was the, what was the latest one, too? I was I was looking at your Twitter feed not too long ago, and you had like you were delayed in for coming back from Dallas or something. Oh, that was yesterday. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You had to go to Syria. They said they rerouted us to Syracuse. And the one guy like retweeted back like I hope you get shot by an air marshal or something. And you immediately yeah. retweeted it. That was my favorite part. Yeah. They found many ways to death threat me. In fact, in Dallas, some guy kept saying it's going to be a murder suicide. It's going to be a murder suicide. Trust me. And he came to the show. I saw him afterwards. I was like, "Hey, yeah, that guy." He goes, "Yeah, yeah, you know." Hilarious. Um, go ahead. Colin, uh, we're going to bring up our third yes. and final guest. You know him from Totally Biased. <laughs> He's laughing already. W. Kamal Bill! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you knew him from Totally Biased. Yeah, I mean, come on. But not enough of you knew him from Totally Biased. <laughs> not enough. <laughs> so he's currently unemployed. <laughs> No new radio show. Not that good on Twitter. Hey, how you doing, everybody? <laughs> but I, I will say this. Uh, one, of, one of our uh, Laughspin reporters interviewed Greg Proops in the green room of at the punchline in San Francisco. Yes. And your face is there. So you're, so that's yeah, I something. Do, I do have that. I do have my picture in the green room of a comedy club. Yes. That's uh, not, uh, you're, you know. No, no, no. It's a good, good no, that was the, my, my home club for a long time. Yeah. And they, and they uh, put my picture in the green room with, along with other comedians who, you know. You were, you were, you were the only face on the wall I was looking at. Well, thank you. No, I know. I know. It's, it's quite, I'm sort of in the throes of my show being canceled, so that accomplishment isn't as big as it was at one point. <laughs> but uh, no, it was no. I'm really proud to have my picture in the in the green room at the punchline. And and also, uh, very few people get their own shows. So the fact that you had a show that you not only had a show but did a quality program that really brought up a lot of great issues and was funny, I think that's an accomplishment. Yes. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, Dylan, let's kind of. It's funny. I'm glad to be here. I didn't know how glad I was to come here tonight until Colin pulled me aside as soon as I walked in. As when you're like, let me tell you how to deal with having your show canceled. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One subject I know about. Yeah, and we've been having like a con the whole time we've been here. He's been like, then you do this. Here's my email address. We're going to talk this through. <laughs> I feel like I've run into my own bagger vans. I'm pretty happy about that. Because <laughs> you don't know how to deal. There's no meeting to go to for how do you deal with having your show canceled? Right. Uh, so thankfully we met. So yeah, no, I mean it's just it's a there's a lot of feelings in my head, and I'm uh I and I'm sorting through them, and I haven't talked about it a lot uh, into microphones. So I did this today because I love you. Thank you. Uh, I appreciate otherwise, that. I wouldn't be here. Uh, Thank you. No, I just mean in general. I don't leave my house much right now. Uh, but <laughs> well, it's gotten sad. Aww. Uh, no, no, no. I just I got you know. But yeah. So I no. So it's it, I'm totally proud of a lot of the work we did on Totally Bias. There's a lot of stuff on there that I think that uh that will stand the test of some time and then uh and 
Uh, yeah, just it's we drove it. I wanted to drive it until the wheels fell off, and they fell off while we were still on the highway. <laughs> and uh, mm-hmm. but no, there's uh, there's a lot of that stuff I'm really proud of. Yeah, and you know most comedians don't get shows, so I, yeah. I don't want to. It's that hard thing about like being like, oh, my show is canceled. Fuck you! I never got a show. Right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. So it's like it's hard. I don't know how to talk about it. Right. You know, without sounding uh, somehow ungrateful for the fact that I have a television show. Yeah. So I so there is the positive face of like yeah I had a show it was great what do I do now you know but I'm gonna move back to the Bay Area you are I, think so. I was gonna ask that I, think so. I, uh, I was afraid you would flee New York immediately but you're still here no I'm still here uh, no I I think so we I have a wife and a kid and know. Uh, you know New York is kind of uh, hard on wives and kids yeah uh, wow this went to a really strange face that's no, all right no, that's cool it's all right no 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 I don't know we'll see what happens all right yeah. do you think that uh, and and Colin actually you on this one too do you think that maybe with all the other avenues that are out there today you might you might bring uh some form of your show to the internet to an internet channel a uh, youtube channel something like that i mean i think i'll bring some form of me to another avenue i don't yeah. i don't i don't think i'll bring this show totally biased to another avenue uh because i don't own it uh <laughs> i think fx even though hey we canceled that it's canceled uh yeah i don't i don't i, th- I think like I, I wrote a thing about it on my blog of uh, my website and it's like the show was canceled i'm not canceled so there'll be some form of me doing something somewhere but i think totally biased is it's that thing where it's funny you hear like a like you have a band that's your favorite band and they break up and you're like hey i wish that band would get back together and that band's like no and you're like why can't you do it i'm totally on the inside of that now like of like no i don't want to get that band back together yeah it's a bad taste in your mouth it's just, it's just complicated. You know. Yeah. It's a, it's a, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Get me out of this, Colin. No, 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 no. It's just, I'm, uh, it's, it's complicated. You know. But I got a new remote, so I'm pretty happy about that. That's, that's nice. Is that so one of things, those... things are turning up Kamau. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, what is that process like, though, as far as... Well, I went ha- to Time Warner and I said I broke you- my old remotes. <laughs> And they said, put your old remote in a box, and they handed me a new remote for free, which is totally weird. Yeah. There was no signing anything. Yeah. There was no, I mean, there's, there's Chinese people dying to make these remotes, and they're like, here, take a remote. You know what I mean? Like, it seems like this should cost money. Let's move on to, uh, like I said at the start uh, of, of, uh, of the show, a lot of what we do is on the Last Spin podcast is talk about what's going on in the news, uh, in, com- in the comedy world, and uh, certain issues that are coming out. So I wanted to kind of make this a timely discussion and have the three of you kind of sound off on certain things that are that are going on in the comedy world. The first thing that we want to talk about is something that just happened recently. Uh, French comedian, I can't even pronounce his name. I, f- I forgot his name. I don't know if... I felt like I knew it was going to be a black thing because you looked at me right as you started talking. <laughs> no, it's not. Oh, no, it's well, not. he's a black guy. I mean, he is a black guy, but that's... Why you say it like that? He is a black guy. But he's it's a, sort of... It's he's a black guy. It's irrelevant, though. It's not It's not a black... It's a, I find being black is always relevant somehow. It's your, it's your, <laughs> I, so this French comedian, yes, he's, he's black. Yeah. But he has been uh, accused of being anti-Semitic for many, many years, and he kicked off this tour in uh, France, and the, the highest court in France banned the kickoff and uh, you know be- because of his jokes, which a lot of them are about how Jews are not nice. And he, <laughs> and he has this to, thing. To put it lightly. And he has this thing, too, apparently. I was looking more into it, where his fans do kind of a, a, a almost like a reverse... Yeah, they do that they do and then like put this. their arm. Yeah, they kind of like I'm a reverse to do it. I don't... thing, kind of down like this, which is really weird. And they're kind of bringing it up. Like they're now, saying it's an inverted Nazi. It's, it's an inverted salute. Nazi. It's his, it's his Sufi. 
Yes. Yeah. Right. It's a Sufi. So they banned, they banned this guy, and should they have? What? What's? I mean, he's let's let's pretend he's horrible and he's got horrible thoughts in his head. Is he not allowed to? Well, I think in in Europe, in a lot of countries in Europe, there's it's actually illegal to be racist. Like, which, so that's a, I know people are like, what? <laughs> but what would American comedy do? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's actually illegal, not just for entertainers, but for people to. You can be sent to jail for racism. So that's a whole different system that we can't imagine here. So in that sense, yes. Yeah. Yeah. But there is still freedom. From what I've read, there's there is freedom of speech there. So, Colin, what do you think? Well, I mean, first of all, wasn't there a Canadian guy that went to jail for this like six months ago? Yeah. No, was... he didn't. He didn't go to jail. He was fined. He was a, oh, he was fined. Was he arrested? I thought too. No? He was yes. fined. Yeah, I thought he was. Yeah. Something happened. Like he got arrested or something. Yeah, he was making fun. fun of a lesbian. Couple. A lesbian, right? Right? That's, right? Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, he was. He was fined like thousands of dollars. Right. But this brings up uh, the subject of just freedom of speech, and you know. And comedians kind of being the last bastion of, and a comedy club in general kind of being the last right. bastion of, like, you know, you you want to be able to say what you want. And now it's kind of taking it to a new new direction, especially with, with this guy now. I'm just curious as your thoughts as you guys tour the country and do stand-up. What what are your thoughts in the clubs? Well, they would never, they would never do that here. I guarantee they wouldn't do that here. But, I mean, you know, people would protest, but I'm saying everybody just... You know, everybody just starts saying First Amendment and First Amendment, so nobody would ever ban it, but it will be big protests. But, but our version of that is forcing people to apologize for shit they don't really feel sorry for. And that's on our yeah. list, too. Let's get like, to we it. We didn't arrest Tracy Morgan, but we did publicly humiliate him into apologizing. Yes, absolutely. Which I'm not saying I'm not saying that's a good or a bad thing. I'm just saying that's our version of arresting somebody. Right, right. Apologize right. for their actions. right. So the latest version of that was uh, Natasha Leggero. I don't know if any anybody in the crowd knows what we're talking about, but she made a joke on New Year's Eve. Uh, she was doing the Carson Daly, Carson Daly uh, had a New Year's Eve celebration show, and Natasha Leggero was on it. She made some joke about uh, how Pearl Harbor veterans can only eat uh, SpaghettiOs. Right. <laughs> I mean, it was a throwaway joke. It was it was more of a joke about SpaghettiOs, I think. Yeah. But anyway, uh, she got into a lot of trouble, and she basically uh, refused to apologize. And instead, she wrote this, you know, sh- sort of short post on her blog explaining why it's ridiculous for her to apologize. So there's just I feel like ever since Tracy Morgan, there's been this um, this culture of comedians apologizing. And she's the she's the first one that was like, I'm not apologizing. No, Cat Williams didn't apologize either, though. He actually, when he was got in trouble in uh, Arizona for talking about Mexicans. Oh, right. He famously went on CNN. That's they right. Thought he was going to apologize, and he said, "I'm not apologizing." That's right. <laughs> that's right. It was that's a great Cat Williams impression <laughs> for all of that you is, who are like, I don't that's, know. That's great. It's fantastic. That's uh, pretty solid. Actually. Thanks. <laughs> thanks, Dave. Thanks. You're not sweating as much though. No, 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 not huh. yet. But you- no, so I think you know. So yeah, it's it's. I I feel like I mean I, that. If comedians do have, we everybody has freedom of speech. Comedians are allowed to say whatever you want to say, and I think sort of if you're going to take that freedom to say whatever you want to say, you either then have to say things you only believe in, so that you can then say I'm not going to apologize, like Natasha Leggero or right. uh, or Cat. Cat Williams, or you got to get your press releases together, a la Tracy Morgan. You know, I think that I think that those are sort of the two directions. I think hiding behind like 
I'm a comedian, I can say whatever I want to say, sort of like, I don't think that's the coolest way to sort of protect that. And Colin, you brought up something in the um, State of the Industry speech that you made in Montreal, the last fest, that we, you, you mentioned shock could easily become the new hack, and I think that falls in line with this. Yeah, shock is the new hack in many ways, you know, and people try to be provocative just for the sake of being provocative, and then they'll get laughs, and they're like, oh, I freak people out. And it's like, you know, you're not shocking anybody in this fucking country at this point, and Nobody can say anything is going to shock anybody in America. It's not 1950, you know. But I mean, um, but it is a fine line. And like I said, you know, Natasha Lazare, like you said, it was a throwaway joke about the World War II vets. And she's like, I'm not apologizing. But it's like, sure, but it's all subjective too. If she even had a joke about the World War II, about let's say the Jews in concentration camps, people would have been more offended by it. So I'm just saying, you know, and maybe that's because it is more offensive but then the World War II vets are like, hey, fuck you. I fucking, you know, I suffered in fucking Iwo Jima or whatever. So I'm just saying it's like it is very subjective mm. who has to apologize and when they have to apologize for what they say. I see. That's a very subjective thing, you know. So you think in, other people. In our that, society. Other people that, other comedians that did have to apologize, you think they were under a different degree of pressure to do so. And Natasha wasn't? Right. I don't think, um, you know, I mean. If you're going on, if you if you're watching an edgy show like Carson Daly's New Year's Eve show, you got to expect <laughs> people are going to get pretty down and dirty, in my opinion. <laughs> have you guys ever had to apologize for any jokes, Dave? Have you ever had to? All, all of them. I mean, <laughs> just because they didn't go over though. But no, uh, no, I, I, no. I mean, I'm doing a set later. That's mostly my. Nazi stuff, though. So, <laughs> just workshopping and show. No, uh, no, I haven't. Have you? Have you guys ever come close? Like, has anybody ever really put the pressure on you to apologize for anything? I've apologized. I mean, I, I've apologized for jokes. Sure. Yeah, not regularly, but like, there's a joke that's on Comedy Central website from like I don't know ten years ago that I was on Premium Blend, and I it was a joke about Condoleezza Rice that I look back and go, that wasn't the best way to talk about her. <laughs> you know, like it. Right. Uh, and and I, you know, I think there's nothing wrong with. I think people feel like when a comedians apologize, or comedians feel like apologizing is weakness, right? Which I feel like aren't you know aren't, don't people apologize? Uh, somehow, when we separate comedians outside of humanity, it seems weird. <laughs> yeah, like, we're not like the rest of you. I mean, we do all the time. We call you call you guys civilians, right? Because <laughs> we're at war with words and ideas, <laughs> right? But it is also, I mean, there is a certain thing that people do want you to be the person that says whatever whatever is not supposed to be said at that time in culture. That's the other thing. That's part of what, a com- what I always wanted a comedian to be. That's what I love about Carl and Richard Pryor. So, I mean, but then that changes too. So, like, people, you know, I forget. I was just going to have my own rant about my own little... Do it. Yeah, let's go. No, just that I'm saying, like, when people make jokes about religion, let's say, when Lenny Bruce did that, it was edgy. It was fucking 1960. Right. Now, it's basically toothless, you know, not to quote Natasha Leggero, Toothless spaghettios joke. Anyway, um, but it's basically. I'm just saying that everything is like, like some of it's manufactured edge too. There's a lot of that too. So it's like you know, I don't know, man. I don't. I knew. See, I knew I shouldn't go down this road because now I'm just gonna contradict myself for five minutes and ramble until somebody else asks another question. Everybody, shut up. <laughs> yeah, I'd be. 
I could listen to you ramble for five minutes. <laughs> I mean, I think the 21st century is a weird time to be a comedian because you're no longer just talking to the people in the room. You're talking to the people who then hear that. You're talking to everybody. Right. Yeah. So you used to be, you only had the danger of offending the people in the room you were sitting in. Right. Walkouts. That's, yeah. That's yeah. like an old expression now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. People walked out. Right. I got tweeted out. You know, like, it's, <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. nobody, for the most part, nobody knows what Tracy Morgan said in that place in Nashville other than the people were there. But thousands right. of people express their outrage online and force them to apologize, even though, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying it's wrong, but we don't really know what happened. Same thing, you know. Do you think about that when you're performing at all? Does that ever come across to you guys? Think about what? Think, <laughs> oh, no. Uh, what? Think about, think about the fact that anything that you say goes beyond these walls now, where usually it was like a sanctuary for you guys, and now it seems to be everywhere. Does that come, does that come across now when, when you're writing something or performing something or trying something out? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, it doesn't affect my writing or anything, but I'm just saying, I'm always assuming there's fucking eight people. You can just see them fucking filming you the whole time. When it first started, you'd be like, hey, stop. Now it's just like, ah, whatever. Who gives a shit? <laughs> Put it on fucking YouTube. Okay? You know what I mean? But yeah. people just film you. You had to assume you'd be, I remember when I started, it was, well, so different. But I mean, you'd be like, listen, I want to make a tape tonight. And it's real. And now it's just fucking eight people are just, you can just say, hey, send me what you fucking want filming tonight. <laughs> Who's recording this right now? Good question. Besides the podcast people yeah. that are supposed to be recording. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing that's uh, been happening huge, uh, not just in the comedy world, but has been making mainstream news is uh, SNL. Um, they hired... One we talked about this on his show. <laughs> I was a guest on his show and we talked about it. Yes. Go ahead. Yes. But that was way before this happened. That was, yeah. That's when yeah. The, the controversy was just... What he's yeah. trying to say is, I'm responsible for them hiring three black women. <laughs> yes. I, uh, yeah. So Thank you, one person. They hired um, <laughs> three black females, yes. one a cast member, and two writers. Um, what, before I say, I mean, who cares what I think, right? Uh, before I say well, what What's I, the point of any of us doing this goddamn business if that's how we're going to feel? <laughs> if we all ask ourselves that, we're really screwed. <laughs> so I, I, I think it's, here's what I think. I think it's great. I just wish it could have happened more organically. I feel bad for the new hires because they were like, I mean, they... they They're like the kids that showed up at Little Rock at school. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean... That, no, that's a, that's a perfect analogy. Yeah, that's I a, mean, I'm not... That's, that's a true. perfect... Thank you. That's, black this people is what's have, wrong. Black people have a history of not letting... Of not being allowed to let things happen organically. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. we sort of have to, like, we're going to send you... You're going to get your ass kicked. And right. then we all get to walk through the but door. But do you understand? Yes. Like, I feel bad for her, too, because who's ever had to know that people were watching their Saturday Night Live debut as a cult. Like, you know, like, right. nobody watches, nobody remembers what Will Ferrell did his first week on Saturday Night Live. Right. You get to be on Saturday Night Live for like a year. Well, yeah, you know him. But uh, <laughs> you were there. You were there. <laughs> Going like, Matt. But you're right. You're right. But, you know, as a general, we don't, we don't know anybody's on Saturday Night Live until they break out. Right. You know, and now every, I feel bad for her, especially with Black Twitter. That she, the, everything she does, Black Twitter's going to be like, better not mess this up. Right. Yeah, and I mean, my hope is that people, you know, take a few weeks before they start saying horrible shit about, you know, like, like if she if she does great, yeah. I mean, I, I hope people, you know, so, say yeah. it. Yeah. But you know, if she flubs a line or something, I hope which people, she's inevitably going to do, right? Because everybody on that show does. Right. Or which she's a not difficult job. When in the first week she's playing the girl in line in front of the person who's actually the sketch, you know what I mean? Like, which is inevitably going to happen. That's right. the part I feel bad for. She, you know, I just hope people I, 
don't like knee jerk react and like say but she's you know, the they, no, just the opposite's gonna happen, which is w- worse for her. I feel bad if she does a mediocre job the first week. Everybody goes, she was amazing. That's fucking <laughs> annoying too. <laughs> That's the one thing I didn't imagine. That's common, that everybody. That's, That's me, guys. The mediocre oh, job that gets always praised. got the anger. Yeah, I got the angle. Yeah, but here's the thing. First of all, the uh, they'll probably have to play Michelle the first week. Yes. So that's why it'll be sort of fail-safe if she can do Michelle, you know? That's the other part. She has to go on that show. I mean, I'm sure they knew that before they cast, and now that I think about it, they probably said, everybody do Michelle. And then, <laughs> she's the one that could do it. Yeah. High R. Because <laughs> that's the part, you Do know? Michelle, then do Beyonce. We already got an Oprah, but... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if she can do Michelle Obama, then she'll be fine. Nobody um, in Saturday Night Live is going to demand that much of her Michelle Obama other than just being black and a lady. Right. You know, it's not like people But like, I bet I'm saying out of all the girls that auditioned, I bet she did the best Michelle Obama, and that's why she got hired. What do you think about the atmosphere for the two writers, too? What do you think, what do you think they're... Yeah, I don't think they've ever had black female writers there. They never have. I don't think so. Believe me, the day that that show premieres with the two black female writers and Shashir is the black actress, that's going to be a black holiday in about 100 years. <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be a national black holiday. Three black women on Saturday Night Live at once. We have overcome. But the other thing is black people don't really watch Saturday Night Live. That's the other thing. It's a white show. It always has been. Yeah, which is why they haven't had to have a right. minority casting because it's a white yeah, show. It's a white show. Yeah, which is fine. Right. But unfortunately for them, they claim that they're right. they have this thing in that where they're the sketch show, right? Right. And they're supposed to be commenting on pop culture, right? And it just turns out that black Presidents women, black, black women, right. kind of rule pop culture, right? Just, sorry, that's right. <laughs> I'm not actually sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but you said you were sorry. I know. I was trying to be sarcastic. But so that if somebody work for writes me. that, yeah, exactly. He said he was sorry. He said he was sorry. He, he expressed black Come rage. Come on, says sorry that yeah. I am sorry. No. But it is going to be, hey, look, I guarantee it's the highest ratings in goddamn years, too, because everybody's going to be watching, like you say. This is like No, because black drama. people don't have Nielsen boxes. That's true. <laughs> does any, you know, does anybody here have or in the past had a Nielsen box? I got a couple of those. No. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know anybody who's ever a had couple. a Nielsen box. <laughs> like, I don't, I, I, think I, don't I think the ratings are all just bullshit. Nelson Bucks is bullshit. That's what I'm trying to tell myself. It is bullshit. They, they, <laughs> it is bullshit. They've, they've proven that. They've proven that it's bullshit. They've proven that the numbers are fudged. And they've proven that they don't. I've, I've they never, don't go to college dorms. They don't go to a lot of shit like yeah. that when people watch TV together. Exactly. Exactly. And they don't account for if you TiVo a show and don't watch it after like two days or something. If you don't watch the sh- if you TiVo something and don't watch it in like, in like 48 hours, it doesn't count. No, because you're probably not going to watch it if you don't get to it then. True, but you know sometimes people like to binge watch a show or whatever, and they'll you know they'll wait a couple of weeks, have them build up, and then you know watch. They, they, also, don't, they, also, don't, yeah. Yeah. they also don't account for how culturally relevant a show is and how important it is to the fabric of society. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> took a second. Yeah. Well, come on, you knew that going in. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You knew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. We want you to talk about important things. That's why we want this. Really? Oh, they said they wanted it. <laughs> the whole time your gut was saying, I don't know. They didn't have a look on their face like they wanted that, but they said they did. Sorry. Just, this uh, was the conversation we were having over there. Yeah, yeah. Important. Well, they wanted important things um, as long as enough people watch the yeah, important no, things. I, yeah, I don't. I actually they don't want have... edgy things that everybody enjoys. <laughs> <laughs> 
think out of the box, something different. Yeah. But everybody needs to like it. But everybody out of the box, right, exactly. Like Modern Family. Now, Modern Family is hilarious, though. <laughs> well, you don't like it? I like Modern Family, but well, I, I think, think it has a very funny. broad appeal. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah. Jesus. Jesus, Dylan. Wow. <laughs> no, but you... It doesn't matter. <laughs> what? Just that I like Modern Family. I like people to attack it. I perform the attack things I like to attack. So I was like, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> if you said Big Bang Theory, I would have been like, ah, oh, exactly. You like Modern Family? I'm like, whoa. That's the thing about comedy. That's though, exactly the thing, yeah. People like, everybody gets offended by something. Yeah. That's how it is. I'm talking about even in the audience, everybody gets offended by something. You but know? now everybody gets to have their voice heard about their offense. Right. Thanks to Twitter. Thanks to Twitter. Twitter. It made us and it breaks us. Do you feel like your relationship with the internet is tarnished because of that or you enjoy it even more? What, sullied. What, sullied? There you go. What do you mean? Like, what is your relationship? What do you feel your relationship with the internet is? <laughs> to put it blandly. Well, it started. It was. My relationship with the internet, which is true, it started, it was strictly sexual for the person. <laughs> but it's grown to be more. It's grown to be a lot more than that. <laughs> Good answer. Yeah. Um, we wanted this to be uh, interactive as possible. So if you guys had questions for anybody up here, by all means, raise your hand and, and ask your question. Will yeah, you be able to see getting, him in this goddamn... I can't we're see We're getting nothing. down to the end. Anybody got any questions? Oh, now Put on. We're going to hand her out a white glove around the room. We'll raise your yes. hand if you have a question. <laughs> Nobody's got any questions for... Oh, yeah. That's From Jackie Cation. Hey, Jackie. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Jackie. Yeah. I, was, I just hit a wall. My, my, I, have, I have the plague. I mentioned this in the earlier podcast I did. So um, I'm hallucinating on... Dayquil and Nyquil right now, mostly right. the other one. Um, <laughs> Good question, Jackie. Thanks. Horrible answer. <laughs> I want to know. I want to know about Tough Crowd. Well, that's what I was, ta I was talking to Kamal Bell yeah. about Tough Crowd because uh, it feels similar to me in that you know you're doing something. Everyone's like, "This is good. This is different," and you're like, "Yeah." And then suddenly, you know, they just they remove it, and you know, it's like Tough Crowd has has really grown in. I felt like Tough Crowd was a show that was really talking about specifically racial shit, you know, and it was the thing I loved about Tough Crowd was you get people like Patrice or Nick DiPaolo, and they're not trying to be charming to the audience. They couldn't fucking pull it off if they tried, either one of them, but, <laughs> you know, but they were being funny. So they're being like, just funny. So you have to either accept them or not. And I just felt like it was... The same thing, I'm sure you felt, I felt like people are always saying they want something different. People are saying they want something that's not showbiz, fun, like, hey, you know, and I mean, people can say what they want about Tough Crowd. Nobody can say it was smooth or showbiz phony. <laughs> like, most people felt the biggest problem was me as the host, but I created it, so too bad. But, but I'm just saying that it's just, it bugged me that, like, the show, like, I felt like it was being brutally honest. And, you know, like I said, the shit that was said on there now, you've said that now, forget it. You, you know, it would be in the fucking news every day on Twitter. But so that's what bugged me most about the show was that was that um, I feel like I feel like the industry pays lip service to honesty. And like they will say, yeah, we hate censorship or we want to. But when people bring it, they're like, that's, you know, that's a little much. You know, 
that show you were talking about it before it introduced a lot of people to some comedians that yeah. maybe they would never have seen before so what is that venue what is that venue now like do you see anything out there that is that now because like you said Patrice Geraldo right Apollo those guys uh, you know all those people on it that that would never get a shot on a on a big show like that on a big network anything like that yeah so actually like, any of you guys is there is, is there, there something like that is there a place like what is the where do where do comedians it's everything so Twitter spread out. Yeah. Twitter, yeah. <laughs> well, he used to have a lot of comedians on. Yeah, on, on your show. That's what I mean. That was the model I sort of based it on. Was that I was trying to put as many people who I felt like hadn't gotten any shine as possible on the thing and sort of you know s spread the wealth. So I've certainly based it on that t sort of tough crowd model of like let's. It shouldn't just be about me. It should be about uh, me and my friends and all their ideas. Right? Yeah. And I'm sorry if Dave Hill was never on Tough Crowd, by the way. Just I, 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 <laughs> I don't was, think you were in I wasn't in show time. business. Then. You were exactly. I you was were a young a, whippersnapper. Yeah, you were pretty young, poems. I was still a pretty young thing back in Cleveland when that was. <laughs> <laughs> I by the not that it's competition, but I had my own TV show canceled too. What? I, I didn't want to bring it up because I didn't want to be like, oh, <laughs> I've been canceled. <laughs> I've been being quiet this whole time so you guys could talk about being canceled, but I've been. I've had a show canceled. What the hell was it? Was it a Cleveland it's, area show? <laughs> it was cable access in <laughs> not not Cleveland proper. Youngstown. No, no, who is on? Ohio. It was on uh, the Mojo Network, which isn't even on anymore. It's called. It was called the King of Miami. It's on Hulu now. The King of, but it was canceled. What happened was, I did one season, and the network was going off the air, but they still were like. Just so you know, Dave, <laughs> had we not gone off the air, your show would still be canceled. <laughs> Just so you know. They but felt yeah. they needed to tell you that. Yeah, they, I mean, they could have just let the network go off the air, and I would have been like, well, we were going to, but no, they're like, no, don't walk around with that thought in your head. It's over. But you also but, did an uh, HBO uh, thing with... Um, what was it? Instant the instant talk show? Yeah, no, nah, that was like that. Oh, I shouldn't. I mean, I it, it, that was like six or seven years ago. They had me go to the like Vegas comedy festival. It was like comic relief in Vegas comedy festival, and they had me interview comedians. But I shouldn't. Yeah, I did that. But they were like, "Don't talk about anything that they're doing right now." And don't talk evergreen, about they say evergreen. Yeah, evergreen. I hate that word. But they're like, don't and don't say we're in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> and they were just like, so I was like, what is? You're not leaving me with a lot. Like, <laughs> like don't talk about what their current television show. But yeah, I did that. But that was just I did other stuff. I did no stuff. names. Don't say their names. Yeah. <laughs> just <laughs> yeah. So we were just talking about like yeah. just random. Who did you but, end up talking to? Uh. A lot. I mean, a lot of people. Jim Gaffigan, um, Louis C.K. Yeah, yeah. Jim Norton. I, I don't know. A million. My favorite part of the show is the obnoxious microphone that you had. Yeah, well, that's my <laughs> trademark—the furry <laughs> microphone. Because when I started doing like YouTube videos, yeah, my buddy had a camera and a, he only had a boom mic. And so we were like, well, that's the mic. That's what we have with a furry <laughs> cover. And then, and then, so we started making these videos, and then people started hiring me, like HBO Cinemax. And then they'd be like, you're you're gonna bring that stupid mic. And I'd have to call my friend. I'm like, can I borrow that boom mic? Like, <laughs> but yeah. And you put your initials on it. Yeah. Well, that's he did that. Th. Yeah. Um, but it's good because my mic work is not as strong as it could be. 
like the back. So boom mic for someone like, because I, I'll go like, you know, and a boom mic is good if you're not uh, skilled. Right. It picks up a lot of stuff. But um, but yeah, I did that, and then I did some HBO sports stuff because I don't know anything about sports except for hockey. But that's they didn't cover that. Yeah. Anyway. It's good stuff, though. You should check it out online if you have the best. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, I think that's, the, that's when you really—that's the ultimate blow for all of us. Check it out online. <laughs> <laughs> when you get around to it. Yeah. Whenever. Why does Bill Maher still have his show? Good question. Oh, all three of us had shows, ma'am. <laughs> Is she not here? <laughs> well, it's on HBO. I mean, you know, that's a big thing right there. You were on HBO too, you told us. Yeah, but I was. My thing was really edgy. <laughs> We, I don't know. I mean, it's hard to say. You know, I mean, you can speculate. I can speculate about anything, but it's like, you know, once we start getting down that road of, like, who didn't get canceled over us, then we just look better. And we don't want to look better. <laughs> the thing with my show is I was kind of tired of doing it. I don't know if you guys had that experience. Son of a bitch. I was sick of doing it. So, <laughs> I was, really oh, so it wasn't face. canceled. You were like, I need well, to I was glad. <laughs> I was glad because I was really, I was relieved when they canceled. You're rubbing it in our goddamn noses now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I had some of that. I was going to cancel it, but then they they did. <laughs> this is sounding familiar. Yeah. There's always a little bit of that with comedians where you're like, fuck this, fuck it, don't let me, you know, and then suddenly they cancel it. You're like, son of a bitch. <laughs> Anybody else have a question? That was a good question. You know, it's funny. That's that's you're not the first person to ask that question, and I I feel like I want to defer to Colin. Uh, but I don't. It's hard to sort of, you know to sit here and go, what would be my dream to do? Because there's like, I, you know, people ask you, like, what's your dream? But it's like there's real world consequences. Like my dream would be to like go to Paris and become a poet and see how that works, <laughs> and hope that that pays my wife and baby enough to live. You know, but so there's, like, an, there's an opening for a French comic over there. But oh, there's. <laughs> <laughs> It's a professional. Uh, <laughs> bringing it back. That should be good night, everybody. That's it. That should be it. <laughs> no, I, re I really, I really, I mean, I'm, I really don't know is the answer to that question. I'm still, like, the show got canceled right before, uh, like, the holidays, and I thought that would be a good time to sit back and think, but the holidays are a lousy time to try to think <laughs> and try to figure out your life, so I'm still in this sort of haze of, like, sort of like there's a bunch of ideas in my head, but I, uh, not knowing what's next, so, uh. You can call me Kamal, and we can talk. We can talk about it later. No, I don't, yeah, I'll let you. What'd you say? What'd you? Okay, well, wow, cool, nice. I'm there you get, go. You have a. I get a free seltzer out of this deal. <laughs> Doing my shoulders for excited about seltzer. <laughs> seltzer shoulders, everybody. Anybody else with a question?
Who are you asking everybody? I think anything that, that takes the industry out of the equation of a, between a comedian and the audience is a good thing. So I think that's uh, – thank you, three people. Yeah. Else? <laughs> no, I think the industry's pretty smart, and they should probably stop some of these. <laughs> I think anything that sort of stops the gatekeepers, and I think a lot of uh, brilliant things have happened because of that. So you know. I think I, – I, like, I feel the same way, but at the same time, there's a lot of fucking comedy podcasts, and a lot of – I'm watching – I listen to a lot of things where people are like, so where? And it's like, it's getting a little incestuous at times. And it feels a little sometimes repetitive yeah. when you see people talking to each other and then they go on the other guy's podcast. <laughs> That's... And you're like, am I watching him interview him or him interview him? Yeah. <laughs> it's still kind of the Wild West, too. It feels like it's not, it hasn't really found its, you know, cream rise to the top type of thing. And it's going to be, you know, and you're going to have that group of 12 to 20 podcasts that everybody listens to. And then, you know, then it, be, then it becomes the industry, I guess, right? Kind of right. Itself. When it figures out how to destroy all the right. other ones. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I just don't think, I don't know if that's possible with podcasts for that to be, because there's so right. many. I think out of Dave's the only one with a podcast up here. You still yeah. do your podcast, right? Yeah. I mean, I I don't know. I started the, I haven't done one since I started the radio show. So maybe I don't. Well, that was only, I don't know. <laughs> that was only a week ago, wasn't it? I know, but a lot can change. <laughs> Lot can change. <laughs> I have an occasional podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I. I mean, I, I'm glad Colin said what he said because I. I feel uh, bitter saying it, but there. I mean, there are uh, so many great comedy podcasts, and there are also just so many where it's like, oh, that person's on your podcast. Well, of course he is. You guys are best friends, and you all three of you have podcasts, and right. it's just, but I'm, I'm, I'm wrong. I'm a horrible business person because people seem to love it. People, I don't see anybody else, and that's why I've been so quiet about it. I don't see anybody else kind of talking badly about the fact that it is completely incestuous. So we're, I think we're wrong. I think people like incest. <laughs> you are going to have to apologize for that now that's, later. Now that's what we should end the podcast. <laughs> yes, yes. Guys, thank you uh, so much for joining us. Really appreciate you all coming out, really. W. Kamau Bell, Colin Quinn, and Dave Hill on the People Like Incest podcast. Thanks, Thanks guys. guys.